podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's finally here. The brand new Betfred Women's Super League season kicks off on Sunday as the defending champions Leeds Rhinos take on the newly rebranded York Valkyrie. Welcome to the 4020 Not Live podcast official unofficial Women's Super League preview where we speak to some of the clubs involved. If your club's not involved in this podcast, it's not my fault. We, we didn't have the time to speak to them on the day of the launch. Let's start with the champions. They are the Leeds Rhinos and their captain is Hannah Butcher. Where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we start? With your retirement. Yeah. <laughs> After the grand final last year, for some reason I thought you were retiring. Was, did I just get my wires completely crossed on that one? No, you're, you're right. I was really thinking about, I was really considering retiring. Well, I say retiring, just maybe just having a year out and just reflecting and seeing what I wanted to do going forward. But, um, you know, in the off-season, I think I struggled... Um, with my mental health a little bit, just not having that structure, just not having that routine in my life. So um, I rung Lois the first the first week of pre pre season, which I think was in like November time, and I can I come back? <laughs> She's had a lot of phone calls this uh, winter because oh, you you fun. I bet me Hardcastle's fun. Her fun must never be uh, never go. <laughs> no, but I think she loves it. I think she, you know, she's really, really supportive. He's Lois, and um, her phone's always open for everybody to give her a ring. You could have walked away as a grand final winner. So, was it a difficult decision then to, to come back, or a really easy one to go and try and win back? I know you're obviously the captain to lift actually the trophy yourself, get all the glory. No, I think it's an easy one to come back. I've just been saying that the, the previous year when Saints won everything, um, I had considered finishing then and I thought, I'm, I'm not leaving this squad on such a low. We've, we've won nothing this year. So I came back and obviously we were grand final winners. And uh, I just don't want to settle for that now. I think uh, we need that treble. Having looked back on last season, it didn't feel like you were going to be going to the grand final, let alone win it at one point. Did you always have that belief you would? Oh, definitely. Yeah. We, we don't stop believing. Um, and, you know, that's what it's all about. we just got to train a little bit harder. I think the girls really, really stepped it up. We had, we, we're just hoping for to be a bit more consistent this year with his performances. Lois Fussell was the captain. She scored a try in the Challenge Cup final. Courtney Winfield-Hill, captain, scored a try in the Challenge Cup final. You fancy scoring a try at Wembley? Oh, it's a dream. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course I fancy it. Whether it happens or not, that's a, that's a different story. But I'd be happy for any of the girls within the squad to, uh, to get them tries over when we make it to Wembley. He's <laughs> a, a massive carrot at the end of the stick, isn't it? Everyone dreams of Wembley, but now it's actually coming to fruition for the women's game. Yeah, I think, you know, how amazing that we... we could potentially have that opportunity. It's something that um, we'll definitely be aspiring to, to make it there, and it'll be—I'm sure—it'll be a great couple of days out, which will be a bonus. What kind of captain is Hannah Butcher then compared to Lois and Courtney in the past? Uh, you know, I think I've learned a lot probably from for them both. Um, calm and com- Courtney was very calm and composed. Um, Lois. As, as she is now, if she wants something, she tells. She's very straight talking. So if I can take a little bit of both with me, that that's that'll be good. Um, but yeah, just I want to be calm and composed. I, I just want to be a good role model for the girls, you know. And um, I want to push us on. And I want to win the treble this year with them. 
your vice captain, Caitlin Beavers, is she the most experienced 20, 21 year old in the game? I don't want to get her age wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. She's she's brilliant, is Caitlin. She'd have actually loved it being here today if she could have been. Um, but yeah, how amazing her career has been at Leeds in particular. Obviously, she plays for England as well so I know there's a lot of little girls that you know dream of becoming the next Caitlin Beavers Big signings this year pressure pressure means nothing to you does it sure no, well, obviously, we, I think we've made a bit of a statement with the signings. You know, I think um, we know what people within the league know what Ava Hardcastle can do. Um, I think having watched Georgia Hale play for New Zealand at the World Cup, I was just blown away. I think she's she was just absolutely faultless, um, just a real workhorse. Uh, we've obviously got Bethan Dainton as well. She's um, a Welsh. Uh, Union International. Uh, she had her first run out with us in a pre-season, and she did fantastic on Sunday. So, yeah, we um, we've we've made some really really good signings. Probably one for the coach more than you, but a surprise, Amy Hardcastle wearing eleven rather than in the sentence. Oh yeah, I know it's probably been. Um, a bit of a change. I think when she approached Lois about um, coming to the team, uh, she wanted some new challenges, and I think she's definitely got that this year. Uh, but I think Abe is one of them players you, you could play at anywhere on the field, and she would shine. Um, so yeah, Amy Adcastle for fullback. <laughs> she big, might kill me saying that. <laughs> but the big question is, with these high-profile additions, what position are you going to play in this year? Are you now an out-and-out centre? Yeah, I am this year. I'm an out-and-out centre, so I've been given the number four shirt. Um, it's been nice to, to get a pre-season at centre under my belt this time. I think last year I had the 13 shirt. Uh, I think I played one game at 13, a couple at second row, and then I was put at centre for the Challenge Cup final, I believe. Um, so, yeah, that were, I were a forward, then I were a back in the, in the blink of an eye. And... Um, I think I just made do with it, whereas this this year I've really, really pushed and I'm really, really trying. Opening game of the season, you get to run out headingly. Um, there'll be a huge backing because, again, it's a double header. How important is that to give you a real impetus to start the year? Oh, yeah, it'd be great to, to get that win for his first game. I think... Um, you know, Leeds have put on a great day. There's going to be a lot of entertainment on. It's going to be a family game, family day here, so hopefully, can get a lot of um, families down, uh, a lot of young girls down if we can. Um, but yeah, to, to be at home as well, we need to set the platform. I think um, we get this win against York, and you know we're we're in good stead for the rest of the season. Just in terms of the captaincy again, I know you're playing it down a little bit because that's the kind of person that you are, but bringing in a New Zealand international, bringing in somebody of Amy's reputation, how important do you think it was that Lois rewarded someone who's been there from the beginning by making you the captain? Oh, I don't know how to answer that one. I don't know how to answer that one, to be honest. I mean, it's a great accolade for you, but also it's like being seen to do the right thing, to reward the people that have been there, rather than just giving somebody who's new to the team the armband. Yeah. 
First question I've ever asked that nobody would able to ask. Well, I'm not right good at media, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, did, did you say, guys know, you yeah. know this. But is that, was that a problem then? You, you've been given this role, you're now going to have to speak to people all the time and ask, a, ask, yeah, answer deaf questions. To, but this is the thing, this, this is the um, first challenge in it today. Media day, I've never I've never put my hand up for anything like this. And I think Courtney's, um, Courtney's just naturally brilliant in environments like this. But it's surprising when I've been speaking to the girls for the other teams. I'm not the only one who feels like this so we're, we're in it together I think you might have to get used to it if you're lifting trophies oh yeah definitely definitely I'm willing I'm willing to get used to it for that one of the interesting things in the early part of the season is looking at how the brand new halfback partnerships across the league gel together Leeds and York have new halfbacks as do St Helens and speaking of York here's their chairman Clint Goodchild who spoke to us at the Betfred Women's Super League launch about how important the women's team is to rugby league in York. Clint, it's the brand new women's Super League season, York Valkyrie newly rebranded. What was the thought behind that rebranding in the first place? Oh, it's, it was a pretty simple one, mate. It's, it's about giving you know, young girls right through the ability to see themselves in an icon. Um, you know, I'm not going to ask the men to play for the princesses, so I'm, I'm not going to ask the women to play for the knights. Yeah, simple as that. A successful year last year winning the League Leaders' Shield. How important is the, the women's team to the whole of the York organisations? Well, I think it's important to the whole city. Um, you know, there's a, there's a real opportunity there for, for York as a city to have, you know, a team competing at the, at the top of a competition and, and that, you know, just happens to be the Women's Super League. So, you know, from an organisational standpoint, you know, we're just hoping to incrementally get better and better, you know, as the seasons, you know, go on. Um, you know, there's no secret we... We like silverware, but who doesn't? Um, so we'll keep going for it. This is where I'd like to fill, but I'm sure I know the answer to this anyway. York would have been, the, the women's team last year, been the first ever York team to finish top of a rugby league top division. So they're leading the way for the men, in, in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, <laughs> Silverware's a winner, isn't it? So, you know, the, the whole club's really trying to, you know, get to that stage. Obviously, it's a great opportunity this season, brand new Super League season, but also the Challenge Cup final moving to Wembley. And, and anyone involved in rugby league, that is the biggest prize of the lot to, to walk out under the arch these days. And, and for the women, a great opportunity to go there this year. It's exciting for everyone. I think it's extra incentive, isn't it? So the players, you know, I think from all clubs can see that as kind of a, you know, to be the first, but just to have the opportunity, you know, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. We're in a or about to go into a new era for rugby league in this country. Where does the women's game fit in with everything else in this new IMG sphere of uh, influence? I think IMG are, uh, you know, they're the best at sports and entertainment in the world. I think we'd be be silly not to listen to what they have to say, but I think they'd also be silly not to see where the growth is. When you look at the women's game, whether it be, you know, I'm just looking at York as an example, um, commercially, you know, there's there's massive growth there for us this year. Attendance-wise, I expect those numbers will continue to climb. You know, in the, in attendance um, as they did last year. You look at the World Cup. You know, that's the biggest crowd that stadium's ever held, and that was Women's Rugby League. And then you look at you know the viewing numbers on BBC and Sky. Um, you know, if they're a, if they're a business to the nature to which I think they are, I think they have you know a good grip on what the opportunity looks like moving forward. And in Lindsay Anfield, a coach, a director of rugby, who's been there, done that, got everything, and, and hopefully will take you to uh, glory, further glory this year. Yeah, there's no one more passionate, um, you know. And as as someone who gets to work with her, you know, on a daily basis, it's just it's it's great. You know, you can't help but feed off her energy and her commitment. 
Um, you know, there's an obsession there that, that we share and it makes it easier to get up and, and go to work and it probably makes it, you know, uh, challenging in some ways um, because we just want to get it right. Um, and it is something that we have to, you know, incrementally, you know, grow organically. But we're just trying to put as much horsepower behind it as we can. The, the facility and partnership that you've got with York St John as well, yep. how important has that been for the women to accelerate their development? Oh, it's huge. It's huge for the club. Um, you know, when I wasn't here, obviously, years ago, but, you know, when you, you talk to people at the club who have been through the full journey with, you know, with York uh, for the last 20 years, you know, former players, coaches, you know, the GM's been there pretty much the last 10 years. It's, it's such a, a pivotal moment when that York-St. John partnership was formed. You know, it was before the, uh, before the stadium was built. It gave us a real sense of home, even though we were playing out of various places, to get together and have an area where you could call home. And now that partnership's just grown and grown. Um, you know, we have Holly Dodd, you know, who, who is a, a student, and that was something that, you know, came together and we were able to, you know, bring an education to her through rugby league and through the club as well in partnership with them. Uh, AJ Towers, you know, he's another one who's, you know, a student at York St. John. And it's, it's just a partnership that's growing from strength to strength. We're, you know, really excited to get them on the camera. Looking forward to marketing the club to North Yorkshire as much as the, the city of York, which is something that you've proved you can do with the big games. Um, does it help to have a women's arm to be able to do that? Is there a new audience out there that you can attract? Absolutely. You know, I think, again, we go back to looking at the pure numbers of it from a business standpoint. The growth is in the women's game. You know, the, the, the participation in junior numbers in the community clubs, you know, the interest that we have from, from a corporate standpoint, you know, the participation in hospitality from women now is going through the roof. And, you know, we've got to find different avenues to, to bring talent um, to York. So to me, you know, to jump in and be another one on the corridor trying to develop talent, probably, you know, we're not going to be at the, the top of the pecking order. So we've got to get creative and we've got to get in the car and we've got to go north. You know, we've got to go to these areas that are, I consider, rugby league areas, but we've got to bridge that gap, not wait for them to come to us. So, you know, that's a part of what we're doing development-wise for the women and the men. You mentioned today the link with Uganda, which yep. again is showing that you're thinking beyond just the, the boundaries of the city. And Lindsay's going to head that up, and I believe you've got a party going out there later in the year. How important is that as well to just get the York brand known as far and as wide as possible? Oh, you know, there's an element of getting the York brand out, but in all honesty, I think it's more... It's more... Uh, something we should be doing you know not not necessarily this isn't really one of the probably one of the few uh, non-commercial decisions that I've made you know this is this is something that we need to be doing for the game um, you know there's communities out there that need help it's it's less about putting our brand in in Uganda and putting our brand in the papers and, and you know on the, the various social media channels it's more about it's the right thing to do um, you know I don't want to say goodwill but you know we we certainly understand that they're in need, they need some direction, they need some help, so we're not just willing to give funds, we're willing to give, you know, people, so we're going to be flying out, you know, people to help put that together, and, you know, that changes lives, mate, and, and that's that's what sports gives you the opportunity to do, isn't it, to influence people and show them a different way to go about things. After winning the Betfred Shield in 2021, it was a bit of a baptism of fire for Huddersfield Giants into the Super League Group 1 competition last year. Plenty of lessons learned, as their captain, Bella Sykes, explains. 
Uh, Bella, what can we expect from Huddersfield in the Women's Super League this year? I think it's just a new start. I think obviously last year wasn't how we wanted it to go, but we've learnt a lot from it. Um, we took some heavy defeats, but we know that that resilience and that like strive to continue, we were going to bring on to next year. So I think bringing that alongside a new coach, new structure, new players, I think it's exciting. Yeah. A massive step up, isn't it, into, into those big games against the big teams? What, what were the main lessons you learned from those? I think it's just to keep going, no matter what. You know, some some games we didn't even have enough players to raise a squad. The last game against St Helens had to be played it was like postponed from um, I can't remember what it was so it had to be cancelled for some reason but we only had 12 players available they had a full team of England players <laughs> you know when you're coming up as that as a 17 year old it's, it's daunting it's awful it, it hurts it's not nice but I think we know that it's never going to get worse than that again so sort of bringing bringing what we've learned into this season we're strong we're ready to go so yeah as a young squad, that resilience is that part of the part of the building process to build a great team. I think definitely. I think like we've all learnt so much from that, but now it's exciting to think we've got this new structure. We know what we're doing. We can go into these games confident in our own ability and not doubting ourselves like we were last year. What are you hoping to achieve personally from rugby league this year? Um, personally, for me, it's just about taking a bit more of a leadership role. I think um, I'm still young myself, but I've had three years' experience with this team now, so I think I've got a lot a lot to offer obviously I was in the England Knights last year so for me personally it's building on that getting into that squad again and if not pushing on to the performance team eventually at some point so that's it we are now three years away from the next World Cup it, 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 it's, it's well two, no, two years two years away from the next World Cup yeah. it, it's coming up anyway so you want to be there or thereabouts when it comes down definitely I think if even if it's not making the team, it's pushing. It's pushing them players that are already at that level, and I want to be better than them. You know, like players have set the level now, but I think us as giants, we we want to do more than that. You know, it might not happen this year, it might not happen next year, but give us three or four years, and we'll, we'll be up there. Yeah, outside of being able to clone Jodie Cunningham or Caitlin Beavers or whatever, it, it's just about building and, and slow incremental builds, I guess, as they say. It is, yeah. I think it, it, it's creating our own identity as a team. You know. Every team is different. York Saints leads are all different, but we're also different. We've come on a different journey to them. I said earlier, I said they've never been put through what we've been through. They've never lost that heavily. So I think we, us like doing that and learning from that, we, we can only get better. It's only a couple of years ago you won the, the Shield final here, so you know what it's like to win so far as well. Definitely. Like we had a really good season. We had a good run through then, and I think that's kind of at the back of our minds all the time that we haven't our place in Super League. You know, We deserve to be there. Um, we're not just kind of there to fill numbers. We're there to have competitive games and be competing against the top teams. What's your recruitment been like this year? Because every team has obviously made some quite high-profile and significant signings. How, how do you feel your squad's looking? Um, I think we've built up the squad, obviously. We've lost quite a, a couple of players throughout the year. We lost a few... Obviously, we had Sean Hoyle and players like that at the start. Those players kind of left for obvious reasons, but we've kind of recruited from a lot from Wakefield and other clubs, rugby union players, we often attract quite a lot of them so it's just working with them and just and just building them into our squad but they've built in nicely and I think we've got a young enough squad but pretty skillful so I'd, I'd back us to do really well this year, yeah. And in terms of aims and ambitions, clearly we've heard a couple of teams on the stage saying they're going for, for Super League 1 yeah. what, what are yours? I think our aims are just, like I say, to compete. Um, we've got kind of Warrington and Wigan who they're winnable games for us. We have to win them games, so it's making sure we're kind of prepared in that aspect for those games, but also knowing in the bigger games to back in our own ability and kind of go into them games confident that we can compete at least, if not get a result. 
And what about the cup? That's group stages. Do you fancy your chances in that? Can you yeah. see a couple of winnable games there? Yeah, massively. I think definitely quarterfinals, semi-finals. We'll, we're looking to be there. You know, your top six teams in the Super League. They should really be getting through to the quarters and the semis. So we aim to be there definitely. Yeah. Wigan Warriors won the grand final back in 2018 and made the playoff semi-finals last year, narrowly losing out to York. Their captain is Rachel Thompson. She's got a hat-trick in that grand final win over Leeds back in the day and she's hoping to be back on the pitch sometime soon. Rachel, how are things going for Wigan ahead of this brand new Betfred Women's Super League season? Yeah, we're looking really good, you know. Pre-season's been really tough. We've got some new appointments in our SNCs from from the first team, which has been really good. You know, a lot more professional, a lot tougher. But the girls are looking in really good shape. Made the top four last year, pushed York really close in the semi-finals as well. How do you close the gap on those top three? Yeah, I think that just shows you know the, how far we came within the season. So for us now, it's just about building on from there and, and kicking on. We've got some really young, talented players come through uh, that have been a great addition to our team. So I'm excited to see them playing. I really think we can be up there and competing. What's the, the, the main aim? Is just to, to compete, get, get those competitive games under the, under the belt and push those uh, teams and hopefully get some wins down the, down the line? Yeah, obviously we want to compete, but also we, we don't play to lose. You know, We don't, we don't turn up and, and want to, to lose games and we, we want to win and we want to win that silverware and we believe that we can, so that's going to be our aim for the season. Only a few years away from, from winning the grand final at a, a very wet and windy uh, Manchester. Do you have any uh, great memories of that game? Yeah, that was that was a great day for the for the club and a great a great day for the girls and you know we've we've had a taste of it we know what it feels like but we've also got a lot of new players that, that haven't had that and you know we want to share that success with them and they're just as eager to win some silverware. How frustrating has it been sat on the sidelines for so long? Yeah, it, it's been, it's been hell at times. You know, it's been a long nineteen months. It's I've been in some some dark places, you know, but I've got a great group of girls around me, and you know the coaching staff have, have been really good, and the club have been so supportive that even when it felt like you know there was no there was no coming back from it, and maybe it was time to hang up the boots, I was always you know reminded that that it is possible, and they sort of kept me on the path to, to where I am now, and I'm just so grateful for I suppose being surrounded by the right people. How important has it been that in in the club environment, even though you can't play, that you're still part of the, the squad? Yeah, it's been massive, you know, because it has been such a long period. There are so many girls now within that team that have played for Wigan many, many times and I've not actually got a chance to share the field with them. So, you know, it is a new environment, um, but it's been important that I've been there and I've, and I've been around it. And even though when I have been, you know, on the sidelines or doing my rehab, I've still been with the girls and sort of trying to lead them from the sideline, I suppose. Has it given you any thoughts for the future if you want to go into coaching or anything like that? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's for me. I think I'll stick to playing. Um, you know, but I, I do understand that. You know, um, I'm not going to play forever, and you know, this injury has probably made me realise that more than anything. Not to take it for granted, and to sort of my aim for this year is to just get back out there and enjoy myself. Um, from a club's point of view, I'm just going to try and you know drive the women and girls game and and give them the opportunities that they deserve. So, if I can't help them them on the pitch, I'll I'll try from that side. Sky are featuring games between the top three teams. How much of a motivation is that for you to prove to them that you should have been covered as well? Yeah, it's you know any game on Sky is, is great for the women's team. Um, frustrating that that you know that we we don't get out there to to show what we can do. 
Um, but it just makes us want it more. It's not, you know, we're, we're not we're not sitting around sulking. We're just gonna, you know, let people think that we are the underdogs. That's perfectly fine for us. We're gonna come out and, and show that we do mean business and that we can compete with them three top teams. And we're going to one of the clubs that have fostered this one club mentality. They, they have all sections of the club training with each other. Do you now feel even more part of the the overall club than you perhaps were for the last couple of years? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm lucky enough to see what what the club do behind the scenes and the, the effort that they put into the women's game that you know people might not see. And they are definitely firing more and more into it. You know, the the launch on Saturday was just proof of that. It was it was massive for the the club and for the whole town. There were so many people there to celebrate the women's game, and these girls are getting the opportunities that they deserve and they, they feel appreciated. And that's all all that we want and all we can ask from the club. New in to the Women's Super League this year are the Salford Red Devils, promoted from the Championship, continuing their meteoric rise up the divisions. And we spoke to their captain, Louise Fellingham, about the challenges ahead. Salford, promoted last year. What can we expect from you this year in Super League? Look, we're an unknown entity in that, that level, um, but hopefully you'll see some uh, a really good brand of rugby league. Um, it's something we pride ourselves on last season, just playing some really good uh, rugby. I think it's a little bit like the men, they play a really good rugby to watch, and we try and do the same, not exactly like them, but in our own way. Um, so I think you can see that, and I think you can expect to see us build as the season progresses. You mentioned on stage, it's a big step up. Are you ready for that? I think so. I think we're all, you know, conscious of the fact that it is a step up. We've been working super hard in, in pre-season. We started pre-season before Christmas. Um, you know, we've been ramping up as the weeks go on. Uh, you know, we're under no illusion it is going to be tough. We're going to be going up against some really well-established sides that have been together a long time, not just as a playing group, but, but as, a, as a team, as a club. You know, and, and we're new. We're still new. Um, so we, we know what's coming and, and we're fully ready for it. Sort of new to Super League. You're almost pretty much new to Rugby League as well. How did that come about? Yeah, look, I started playing under two years ago. Um, I've played a lot of team sport, whether it's football, hockey, netball. Um, Moved up north because obviously Rugby League's not really a southern thing. and after COVID, uh, wanted to get back into sport and a coach, uh, a friend, uh, sort of kept pecking at me to come down and, and try. So I did. Um, and then here I am. I mean, everyone's going to ask about what you take from firefighting to rugby league, but what do you take from netballing or hockey into rugby? Mind you, those, those are more violent sports than they appear, aren't they? They are definitely more violent, more physical, and I think that's it. It's the physicality from those different sports. So in football, for example, as a goalkeeper, so I can catch I, sometimes, um, you know, which lends itself to rugby. Different shaped ball, but ultimately it's still the same same process, isn't it? Netball, again, catching, moving, those type of things. And I think it's just being able to pick up team sport and the t- tactical elements of those. Um, I watch a lot of rugby league so I, I gained that knowledge there as well um, and hockey is just hard as nails <laughs> it's funny enough at school getting hit on the ankle with the ball um Where's the accent from? That's not a Salfordian accent. No, it's definitely not a Salfordian accent. I'm definitely Salfordian through and through now, though. Just going to throw that out there. Um, no, uh, Ipswich Way, um, so down south. Um, did you know much about rugby league before you, you came up here? Um, so I started watching rugby league a couple of years before coming up here um, because of a partner at the time. Uh, so probably since about 2015, I've been been watching sort of pretty much. Did you find it quick to, to pick up the game? And obviously, as you say, coming from different team sports, was it easy to pick up and play? Yeah, I think rugby is one of those sports that you could... There's a lot of different sports that have transferable skills. You know, you, you, you see players that have come from different sports and are now playing at a really high level. And we're not just talking rugby union, you know, the, the other sports. Um, so I just think that 
naturally, especially in women's sport, you know, we've had to try different sports and, and until we find the one that I guess we're the best at or, or really love. And, uh, you know, women's sport's progressing. So nowadays, you know, if I was now a nine-year-old me, I'd be in, a, a, you know, an academy or a scholarship somewhere, hopefully. So, Firefighting. I mean, I, rugby's hard enough. I, I tried it at school. I was no good. How... What goes through your mind wanting to do that? Um, again, I just like to push myself. Um, so I joined the fire service, actually London at the time, uh, 11 years ago. Um, and my career has obviously progressed through that time. I sort of mentioned up on stage, I now train the trainee firefighters, which allows me to, to play rugby because of you know not working shifts. Um, but I think it's just sort of like a mentality side of things. You, you can push yourself to limits. Um, and I think that helps with, with rugby, and especially as captain, because also if I'm not prepared to push myself, then I can't expect everyone around me to do the same. So... And you're on Radio Manchester at the weekend. Uh, how, how did that go? How, how, well, was that more scary than uh, fighting a fire or playing rugby league or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> no. So I've been asked to do it a couple of times. So I think that was my third third match now. And um, to be fair, they're lovely um, and sort of helped me through it. And I guess it's just being able to try and talk about the sport you love and the sport you play. Um, it actually probably helps me because I'm having to sit there and analyse it and tell people what I'm seeing as well. So actually it probably supports and, and help hopefully help improve my game. We have a new England women's coach. His name is Stuart Barrow and we also spoke to him at the launch. Congratulations on the new role. What are you going to bring to the head coach role of the England women's team? Hopefully a lot of experience. I've done a lot of work as a coach in the game for over a number of years now, coming up to 18 years as a coach. So uh, hopefully a lot of experience and just a fresh voice with fresh ideas and, and build on what's gone before, hopefully, and take us to the next level. Evolution rather than revolution. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Taking, it, uh, taking what we did in the World Cup, uh, learning some lessons from that and trying to build on that and make us a better team going forward. You, you mentioned on, on stage about the players' attitude. Perhaps they don't think they're quite as good as they are. Is, is that a difficult thing to get over to pick? I think it is, and, and you know, and I think uh, without being damning on the players, I don't mean it in that way. It's just that I think they look at the full-time environment, they see all the press they're getting in the Australia, uh, and they think, well, we're not at that level. But actually, when we get on a field and play, I think the first half an hour in the New Zealand semi-final showed that we're more, we're more than capable of competing. They've never had a as high a profile does that give you a bit of added pressure coming into the role no not at all uh, and it's something that we want to continue to build on as well and raise the profile of the game and the World Cup was excellent for that uh, it put some of our players out there to, to the public the media nationally uh, uh, you know and raising that profile like you say is vitally important so it inspires young people young girls who want to join the sport they've got role models much like the uh, the men's football team sometimes the, the, the first game comes quickly after the start of the season how hard has it been to, to pick a squad based on the fact that you can only go on what the World Cup has and obviously your own opinions of players. Yeah, so I've picked a really, really small squad just on based on the World Cup and the England Knights that we had just before the start of the World Cup. So uh, we've gone small and I've been round to all the clubs and talked to all the players there and, and, and told them that as the season starts and, and progresses, we'll be looking to add to this England squad and bring people in. Emily Rudge stepping down as captain after five years. What, did, what do you feel she brought to the run? How big a boots will she have to fill? Oh, massive boots for the new captain to fill, but I think Emily will be able to go and, and continue now without the pressure of being captain and just focus on playing for England and give her a bit more freedom. It's a, she did a marvellous job, absolutely marvellous job. And like I say, especially after the first World Cup was cancelled because 
for, for our players to really build up for that and we did a lot of sessions as an England group uh, for that to be cancelled quite late in the day uh, was obviously a bit devastating and for her to bring the group back together and then take us to a World Cup semi-final was outstanding. It's important to have those kind of players if she's still going to be in the squad around to, to, to help with the, the new captain. Yeah, and the new captain, I'm sure, will lean heavily on Emily and tap into her experience and, and take advice off her as well. And Emily will always be a leader amongst the group, so, so it's great. France up first, who obviously played Serbia a couple of weeks ago and a, and a, and a big win for them. Did you learn, have you learned anything from watching that game? Yeah, well, you know, they've got a new coach as well, so and they've brought some new players in, and they were playing slightly different brand of football than what they were playing last year, so we've looked at the video, and we'll be going through the video with the girls at the next training session, so, yeah, there's things to learn. Will your style of football be different to how England teams have been in the past? Uh, there'll be some subtle differences, yeah, we're, we're looking to do a little bit different with the ball in hand, uh, you know, so... We'll be working on that as we go. France may be a little bit early to see the culmination of some of that work, but by the end of the year, we'll hopefully get some of that philosophy into the team. The big talk after the World Cup was obviously the disparity between the Northern and Southern Hemisphere and the way that the women are paid over there, the salary caps and all that kind of thing. How, how do you bridge that gap as a coach? Because it's not just about telling the players that they're better than they think they are. It's what sort of resources can you offer that will bridge that gap? Yeah, I think it's working closely with the women's Super League coaches as well uh, and supporting them and them supporting me as well in my role so that we can identify things in areas that need working on across the board and work together to do that as well. So as an example, we've, we've highlighted just recently the, the concussion rate in our female players and we've looked at the tackle technique as, a, as England, as Leeds Beckett and now we're rolling out something with the, with the Super League coaches about tackle technique and we'll be going there and supporting them and them telling us what they think about tackle technique as well so working in that two way thing can help In terms of fixtures coming up as well clearly the French one is going to be on telly that's great but you'll want I would imagine a much more extensive international programme who would you like to play and when would you like to play them? Because obviously with the girls that you've got at your disposal, it's not that easy to take them on tour, maybe. So what are you looking at? And they are the challenges, you know, with our, with our girls working full-time. Uh, you know, they have to take a lot of time off work to even just train for England in this country, so to, to go on tour. Uh, but that is the ultimate aim. I, I would be looking next year to visit the Southern Hemisphere uh, and get that challenge that we need. So that's what we'll be looking to do. This year we need to continue the international programme and hopefully the men and women will have a game at the end of the season in autumn as well. You brought a couple of um, women back who weren't in the uh, performance squad last year for the World Cup. How important has it been to re-engage those kind of personalities? Yeah, and credit to those players because when selected for England Knights, they didn't hesitate to, to rejoin the programme. Worked really hard at the Knights, really played well against the Cook Islands. Uh, and, and as well as playing really well for the club side as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, they warrant their inclusion back into the performance squad and I think they're very excited to be back in it. And the domestic season about to kick off. Um, obviously, you would like all the clubs to be competitive at the moment. We're looking at three, maybe four, if, if we can get back to the kind of standard that they were at. How do you see the game growing? And, and as the England and performance coach, what would you like to see from this season? I think it's really, really important that the, the increase in girls playing the game, that we look after those girls and we don't force them into Super League teams too early, uh, and that we're patient because we've now got a massive influx of players and they're going to come to fruition in a few years, which will then strengthen the Women's Super League, which will then strengthen England going forward. So, so that's what I'll be looking for. The second World Cup in the Northern Hemisphere, coming along three years rather than four, 
does that give you an advantage, do you think? I don't know whether it gives us an advantage. It gives us some challenges because it's uh, it's a shorter cycle. But uh, I think I think it's exciting because we're getting over the disappointment of the previous one. But I think players can see that the next one isn't too far away. So we say three years, but they're already looking two and a half years, you know, before they fly out there. So they're, they're, I think it's giving them a boost, and especially some of the more senior players in England. They're looking and going, well, actually. I'm still around if I can get myself, keep my form, you know, because it's, it's coming pretty quick. And the reaction to you getting the job seems to be universally popular across the teams. There's no club allegiance. Do you think that's going to help? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think Craig did a marvellous job over the last five years and I'm just hoping to build on that. But I think, you know, everyone knows I'm not attached to a club, so selections, etc., will be just based on mine and my staff's opinion. Let's end this with a bit of an exclusive then. We caught up with the former England captain Emily Rudge earlier this week. St Helens face York in a week or two's time. Well, week after this. Uh, in their opening game of the Betfred Women's Super League season, looking to get back on top of the mounting, having won the Challenge Cup last year. The season ended in disappointment, losing to Leeds in the semi-finals of the playoffs. We speak about a load of things... Here she is, it's Emily Rudge. Emily, thanks for joining us. I'm not going to ask the obvious question first, I'm going to save that till later. So, the other obvious question is, how excited are you for the brand new Betfred Women's Super League season kicking off, not for you this week, but for Leeds and York? Yeah, really looking forward to it, actually. Really looking forward to us kicking off against York in two weeks' time. But obviously, as you say, really looking forward to seeing um, Leeds and York go head-to-head uh, on Sunday. Should be really interesting to see. Um, I know, obviously, they've got quite a few new, new recruits in Leeds. And York finished the season really well last year. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. and looking forward to seeing them two teams come up against each other. Long year last year with the World Cup. How are you feeling physically and mentally after that uh, long year of rugby league? I think I'm feeling really good now. After the World Cup, not so much. <laughs> um, I had a, I needed, I needed a break after the World Cup. It was really intense, and I think with the delay as well, it was like two full-on years where we were just like building for the World Cup, and it's all we sort of thought about, all we sort of worked on, and it was so intense. Um, and I really needed a break after that World Cup, so I just didn't th- even think about rugby um, after the 19th of November until about the. January um, and then it took me probably a week two weeks to actually get back into training um, it was hard going back after a long break but now you know we've had a really good pre-season at Saints really enjoyed Matty Smith being um, coaching us and having some like new fresh ideas so yeah pre-season's gone really well and I'm feeling really good from it so looking forward to starting in uh, two weeks time. Can we expect to see a slightly different St Helens this year? Because you've lost some of your more experienced players, but you've drafted in some under-19s. Will will that show on the field? I don't know, a bit more energy or, or youthfulness? Well, yeah, I think it really will. Um, it's been, it's been, it feels a lot different at Saints this year for me. I think um, we have lost some of our experience. You know, we we basically lost um, seven sort of starting players in Amy gone to Leeds, Carrie and Beth um, retiring. 
Isabel and Alice, who are sort of like on the coming off the bench with starting props, they're both having a year out. And then Danny Bush is really, who's on the wing, is busy with work. So that's like seven key players we've lost and we've replaced with um, younger players. So obviously, you know, the feel um, in Saints is, is a lot different. And it's pre-season has been probably... really really different in contrast to the last couple of years because I felt like we have had a really experienced side everybody knows what they're doing um, and it was a lot sort of I don't know what the word is just a bit more routine whereas this year new coach a lot of new players and them coming to terms with how we play you know it has been different and I think it'll probably take us a couple of weeks to find our feet in the season especially for some of them young girls who have not really experienced playing open age they've only played under 19 this will be the first open age season um but it is really exciting because we had a pre-season friendly against Bradford on Sunday and some of those girls really stood out and even surprised me after training with them for so long um I thought wow they've really stepped up in this game so that you know that is exciting and I'm really looking forward to them um sort of making a name for themselves hopefully this year and the season finished on a disappointing note clearly you won the challenge cup that was a great afternoon but that sort of mid-season uh, and it petered out towards the end. How much does that now weigh on you and, and act as motivation? Yeah, definitely. You know, we don't, we definitely don't want to go into this season um, thinking that we're not, you know, gonna gonna win something because we. I mean, obviously, two years ago we won. We felt like we, well, we did win everything, and then we went into the next season feeling like we was capable of doing that again, but didn't it didn't materialize. Um, so I think yeah, that does that does give us a drive, especially for those older girls. I think for the younger girls, they they weren't part of that last year, and their motivation is probably quite different. They just want to you know do well, make a bit of a name to themselves, represent the club really well. I think for us more experienced players we definitely want to compete you know we don't we know how strong Leeds and York were last year and probably even stronger this year so we definitely want to go and compete against those teams and I'm looking forward to the fact that the games will be a lot more competitive this year you know two years ago it was not easy but we we were comfortable whereas this year I don't think we're going to have that same you know feeling of being comfortable every game and we are going to have to really play our best when we come up against these teams if we want to get the win. Young players, new coach. We, we keep being told about um, male coaches. They have to acclimatise to the way that women... I don't know, act is probably the wrong word, but you're a different breed to men. How is Manny yeah. Smith getting on? I don't know the right phrase to you, Billy, you know what I mean. Yeah. How, how no, is Manny no, Smith getting on? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Um, I think it is very different. And I think for him, he'll probably admit that himself, that only ever being around, you know, men and, and male teams is it is very different when you come into a women's team. Um, and I think what's really good about that is he's got so much knowledge, so much experience. Um, and he really does pass that on to us. But I think he's probably um, took him a few weeks learning how to deal with people in the team um, and, you know, the difference that, that women bring. And I think also just the the... The, where the women's games at it's very different to the men's at the minute and you know I think he's probably seen that first and that we do have to you know fight for things at the club that we don't get given straight away you know the men get given these things and it, whatever it might be supplements um you know extra kit things like that and they're not given to us like they are to the men and Matty Smith's like oh you don't 
already that's not already something that you have and we're like no actually so you know he's he's sort of experienced that first hand that we're developing and the women's game is is getting so much better and the support is everything is is um improving but it's it's nowhere near you know where the men are at and I think that's been maybe a bit of an eye-opener for him as well the men have rebuilt many times over the last decade or so into this team which wins championship after championship after championship I don't think that they've ever had to go through as you say having seven players first team players all disappear at once do you obviously you had that good result against Bradford in the friendly you feel the team is gelling ahead of the the, the start of the season yeah I do I do think we're gelling I think it'll take time I don't think that um we're at that that stage where we probably started the season last year. Um, like you say, we've lost a lot of experience and new players in new positions and you're having those like new um, connections. You know, I'm used to playing with Amy in my centre and and now at England and at Saints. And now, you know, I've got a different centre, a different halfback. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it'll take time for us to to kind of develop those bonds and, and as a team. And I, I don't expect to go out and, and blow teams away in the first couple of games of the season, you know, but nobody wins the league or anything important at the start. So I think, you know, we have got that time to build into the season, hopefully. And, you know, I think that it'll be a good, it'll be an interesting start for those young girls because York is, is going to be one of the toughest teams we face and to, to kick off the season with them, um, you know, it should be a good marker for, for actually where we're at. You mentioned your relationship with the club. Um, clearly, one of the big talking points going into this new season is that York, Leeds and Wigan are, are paying something towards expenses, even if it's incentive-based. Saints at the moment haven't said that they're going to do that. Um, how's that gone down in the dressing room? It's a tough one. It's a tough one for me because I, you know... I really think that we deserve to get paid um, and other clubs are offering that. And I know that the girls, some of the girls could have had the opportunity to go and get paid elsewhere, you know, um, but we decided to stick together as a, as a squad. Um, and it's tough because we get things in other ways at Saints. We're not going to get paid this season. We know that we've had the, we've had the discussion with Mike Rush. He's not, going to pay us this season you know it's another conversation for the start of next season but we we've we have they have stepped up this year which I'm pleased about because I had real um I wasn't happy at the start of the season when all that come out because you know you're seeing what other players are getting you're thinking well we're doing exactly the same thing and in some respects like to me and Jodie and and you know TJ and Shannon we've been around a long time and then there's other girls that um and no disrespect and they deserve it but there's 16 17 18 year olds who've been around a year who are now getting paid and we're like hang on a minute that that doesn't sound fair um so you know we had a discussion with the club, told them how we felt about it. And the club come back and, and have done some good things this year. You know, they, they're paying for every player to have a gym membership. They're paying for all our supplements. Um, we've got really good other support in other ways, which we didn't have last year. Um, medical support and nutritional support. So I think, you know, it, it's... It's better in the sense that last year we were paying out for those things. I was paying for my own gym membership. I was paying for my own supplements. So this year I'm not doing that, which, yes, it's not a payment to me directly, but it's definitely meaning that I'm not having to, you know, put my hand in my own pocket to play for the club, which I don't think we should have to at this point. Um, I think the game's got to a point now where, 
like you say, teams are getting paid. And I think that it's only going to get better, get more money, you know, better sponsorship. So I think we're in this really tough position at the minute where it's like limbo. You know, we're still working full time, but we want to get paid for the club, but we're not professional. Um, so, you know, it, it is a difficult situation. The club have been um, the club have been good. I think, you know, I always think all clubs can do more. I'm I'm <laughs> outspoken and always demanding more. Even when I get a bit back, I'm like, yeah, but what about this? What about that? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm probably harsh on the club, really. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. It should be interesting because I think the league is going to set out new standards and hopefully, you know, it'll be more of a requirement rather than an optional, uh, which it sort of is at the minute. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It should be interesting. So perfect captain material. I'm sure we'll come on to that subject uh, in a little <laughs> while. But yeah. um, I just wanted to talk about the Challenge Cup because obviously you're the holders of it. You'll want to retain it, but this year you get the opportunity to do that at Wembley. Um, now again, there might be, not be a, a cash incentive Ooh. attached to that, but what an opportunity um, to, to play yeah. in the national stadium. That that must really fire you up. Yeah, I think for me that that's the big goal for this year. I think, you know, if we if we don't win anything else, I definitely want to get to Wembley. You know, what an opportunity that is. How exciting. Um, you know, I've been going to Wembley since a young kid. Um, me and Jodie played for school in the national championships, um, in the school championships, and we went and walked around Wembley about four times um and loved it, you know, just soaking in that atmosphere from from such a young age I've just got a real sort of like love for Wembley and for the Challenge Cup Um, so to actually play our final there would be unbelievable Um, so yeah I think that's a big goal and I think if we do make it to that semi-final I think that'll be the biggest game of the year for us really because you know that that is actually what you're going to get to Wembley or not and I think you know obviously then in that final that's a different ball game altogether but just to get there and be the you know one of the women's teams who get to first experience that I think that's really special and so hopefully you know Saints can can do the job and, and get there this year. It does feel a bit like 1895 all over again but instead of the men trying to get money it's the women now. Uh, it's it, it taken a long time for equality. Um, and, and, and isn't even there yet. Um, the captaincy then. Let, let's talk about this. We'll yeah. talk about the World Cup first because, as you say, it was a long build up. You, you mentioned, you know, feeling drained after it. I mean, I, I certainly didn't want to talk about rugby league and I was just talking about it, let alone running around on the field. Yeah. How would you sum up, uh, England's campaign on the field at the World Cup? I think the whole experience was incredible. I think it was, you know, amazing to see that first game, that that many young girls and, and boys and um, schools there and the atmosphere. It was just such a buzz. Um, I absolutely loved the World Cup. I really, really enjoyed, enjoyed being part of it. Um, such a proud moment. And obviously to lead the team out as well that's just such a career high for me. Um, it doesn't get much better, I don't think, than a home World Cup. Obviously disappointing um, with how it ended. I really, really felt that we had um, the potential and the capabilities to get to the final um, and to beat New Zealand. And I think we we did well in that first half and then things just, you know, didn't 
didn't materialise the way we probably wanted and we didn't probably play how we should have done in that game in the second half. So, you know, it, it was really disappointing because I went into that game full of confidence. Um, and I think a lot of the girl, a lot of the girls did as well, really thinking that I basically spent two years dreaming about getting to a World Cup final and all that build up. And I told, you know, how many times I thought about being in that World Cup final. I, I can't even tell you. So when it doesn't happen, that's like such a downer. Um, I can't even describe those feelings. It's just like, that's it. And and it took a little bit of time to actually get over that. That was it then. We weren't having any more games. And it was like, we ha- we went back into camp that night. And then that morning, straight after, we all went home. And it was just like, no real debrief. No real, like, that's it. That's the end. And then you didn't really speak to any of the team again. And it was like, what? And it took a long time to like actually get over that. And obviously I'm really close to Jodie and the girls at Saints. So we had, I have that close network there, but it was, it was, it's hard to describe that feeling of building up for something and then it not getting there and then that just being it. And then not really being spoken about again so much, you know, people I think feel awkward about asking you about it. So it's just sort of, kept quiet um so I, I definitely needed space I definitely needed time and I, and I got that and I think now I've had that looking back I'm so grateful for those opportunities and I do look back at it as such a positive thing rather than that disappointment of the final uh, semi-final sorry so yeah it's you know unbelievable experience we spoke after the draw was made and and the first question I think I asked was about Brazil because obviously that was the Bizarre thing, which I don't think anyone expected. Well, didn't think rugby league was played in Brazil, let alone yeah. <laughs> uh, a women's team. Uh, yeah. of, uh, from that long journey into the World Cup, you play Brazil at Headingley, big crowd, full of kids, as you mentioned. You meet royalty at the second game. Yeah. What, 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 what's going to stick with you as, as positive memories from that World Cup? Yeah, I think, like you say, that hopefully the legacy that we've left afterwards. Um, and I think a lot of young girls who who eventually play Super League in the next couple of years will hopefully have those those memories to look back on of that World Cup and, you know, people and look at, you know, the players like Amy, like Leah scoring so many tries, you know, people having great performances. Hopefully they, those will inspire the next generation and hopefully we'll hear about it for for future years, you know, girls talking about that because there was such a buzz in the in the crowd. And even after the games, I love the fact that so many people come down to around the field and wanting things things signed, wanting photographs, just wanted to speak to you. Um, and really we'd never experienced that before. I'd played a home world cup in, in 2013 and there was nothing like that. No, I don't think I got asked for one autograph, one picture the whole time that World Cup went on. So the the fact that you've got that after every single game um, and even, you know, when you're out and about as well, that's just so lovely. Um, and I think the repercussions of that are still, I'm still feeling that and all the girls are the same, you know, it's now whenever I go places and I meet new people, people know that you play rugby and they've, they've just heard that you play or seen you, you know, on social media or on what whatever. And I, there's that sort of people um, know about it. Whereas the last couple of years, it's been very like only people within rugby league have known about it. Whereas I think the stage with the games being on the BBC, 
um, and the big coverage around it. A lot of other people who are not rugby league fans knew knew about it and interested in it. So I think that's really that's really great for the game, and hopefully that will continue in the next couple of years. See, this is a strange thing, and it's no disrespect to anyone who had the role before you, but you're probably the first England women, Great Britain women's captain who people will have heard of just because of the nature of the coverage these days. So how hard was it to give up that role? Well, you know, it's it's difficult, you know, because I know it says that um, basically Stu would come in as a new coach. And before Stu would even come in, Craig had had the conversation with me before the, the World Cup saying that, you know, when, when a new coach takes over, it's, it's likely that they'll want to pick a new captain. You know, they'll pick other new staff and, and have a new, new captain to, as a fresh sort of start. And, and that's really what's happened. Um, it's not so much I've decided. Um, it's been a decision that Stu's made, which I, I completely respect. Um, and he's just come in and said, you know, fresh start, fresh look on the team, um, different person to to lead the squad. And um, I think that, you know, the person he's chosen, I know obviously it's not been announced yet, is going to be an incredible captain. Um, so that's really exciting for the England team going forward. Obviously a different role for myself, but something that I am actually looking forward to. I've, I've loved being captain. I've loved being in that role. Um, but it was a lot of pressure and, you know, it was um, a lot of weight on your shoulders. It, it, I probably didn't realise it at the time, but now that it's been taken from me, I have felt like a like a, a bit of a weight lifted and I'm like, right, okay, now I can just actually focus on myself, focus on my game, my performance, because, you know, I, I want to make the next World Cup, hopefully, but the 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 competition for places in that team is becoming so much more difficult. Um, even, if, you know, for the more experienced players like myself. So I know that if I want to make it to that next World Cup in a couple of years, I'm going to have to work incredibly hard. And I think now I've got sort of the space to to focus on doing that and hopefully get to that point where I can um, finish my career with five World Cups, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that the next one is only three years away and it's in the Northern Hemisphere as well. Um, in fact, it's now two years away because we're in 2023. Yeah. But um, how much of an incentive was that for you to stay on as a as an England player rather than just like probably us mere mortals would have done this? That if you don't want me as captain, then I'll I'll just walk away from it. I've I've always had in the back of my mind um, that I want to try and get five World Cups. I think I was really fortunate to get that first World Cup when I was 16. um, And I knew that I'd be turning sort of like 33, 34 in the fifth World Cup. And I've sort of always set that as a a goal for myself to try and get there. Um, And I know it's going to be tough. Uh, I really do feel the competition. You know, the likes of like um, Holly Dodd, who had an incredible World Cup, Vicky Molyneux, incredible World Cup. And then even people like Paige and other people coming through in second row. It's going to be tough. You know, there's so much competition. Um, And... I really, I really do want to to represent England in in the next future games. Um, so yeah, I think I knew after that World Cup I wasn't really ready to finish. I knew I had I have more to give, um, and I've got a couple more years left playing. I know that after that, if I do get there, after that I'll be done. I'm definitely retiring after that next World Cup if I make it. Um, you know, it's been I've had an incredible career, and I know there's really exciting things still to come with Women's Rugby League, and I'm not ready to to give that up yet. I'm not ready to like walk away when I know there's really 
exciting opportunities, the likes of Wembley, you know, the likes of maybe getting paid next year and and whatever else the RFL have got in store. I, I do want to be part of that while I still can. So, um, yeah, I'm going to make the most of the next couple of years and hopefully I finish on a high. You mentioned that Stuart Barrow wants to put his stamp on the team. Um, mm. If there was a criticism about the um, previous regime, it was maybe that Craig was too St Helens-centric. Now, obviously, mm. you're in the midst of that. Other people are only looking at it from the outside and making that judgment. Yeah. Would that be a fair criticism, would you say? No, no but I'm by the stand. I obviously, I was, <laughs> Craig and me have got a really good relationship. Um, and I'm a St Helens player myself. I think that when the so many St Helens players got brought in, I think, you know, Saints were out and out the best team. Um, and you couldn't, you couldn't, look away from that that obviously the t- the the majority of players in the England squad are going to be from that treble winning team obviously things then the next year the World Cup that that got delayed um but the majority of the team is always going to be made up from Leeds York and Saints you know there's there's odd other players in um and I know there's a lot more players going to be coming through this year but I think the the majority of the team is going to be coming from those top clubs um so yeah I think it, it did change um, towards the end. And I think, you know, actually in the World Cup, if you look at how many Saints players got played, it probably was equivalent to Leeds and York. I know a lot of the girls like Carrie and Beth. Um, who else am I missing? There's quite a few Saints girls who only played one game in that World Cup and, and didn't actually make the bench for any other games. So, yeah, I think I would probably say that is an unfair call, really. It's it's easy to to call Craig out and say, oh, you say it's biased, isn't it, because he's at the club. But I think he actually just picked the players that were performing the best at the time. And I think he did that throughout each game in the World Cup and, and picked those players who, who we thought he had the best chance with. No matter what club they were coming from, um, in the you know who they play for on a weekly basis. So, how do we, um, short of making you play for another team, how do we equalise things more in women's super league? As you say, there's York and there's Leeds and the Saints, and then there's a slight drop off to the the rest of the sites. Is is that a possible thing to do? Uh, organic, or do we have to wait organically for players to come through? I know we're going to talk about lots of young players coming through. Obviously, mm-hmm. the same for you at Saints as well now. It's hard. I think it, I think it naturally will happen in the next couple of years. I think I don't know whether we need to force it. Um, I think, like you say, if if you did make it that you spread out some of the players and, and some of the Saint girls went to maybe you know Warrington or Wigan or whatever and, and evened it out a little bit. Um, then yeah, it probably would be competitive, but then arguably, would the standard be as good for us who were playing? Like, I think if I went down and not down, but you know, to a different team who maybe didn't have any other England players, and I was the only England player in that squad, I would feel probably that the standard wasn't the same as what I'm playing at now on a weekly basis and who I'm training with. So I think it's it's difficult, and you could probably argue for both, but I do do think it will naturally occur in the next couple of years. Like you say, there's a lot of strong young talent coming through and there's a lot of players who are at, you know, at the top who will retire in the next couple of years. So I think it will even out and we'll see a big shift um, probably before the next World Cup and it's definitely around that time. Um, I don't envision the England team being sort of anywhere similar to what it was 
um, for the last World Cup. You know, each each cycle that I've been through, there's probably been about four or five players that have stuck around in that England squad and everybody else is new. Um, so I, I expect that'll probably be a similar thing that happens um, in a couple of years. Obviously, it's slightly different with it being closer. But, you know, there's loads of young talent and that, that young talent will make it into the England squad. We will have younger players who are 20, 21, like we did in this World Cup, who come through and, and play in an England shirt. So, you know, what clubs they represent, I don't know. But I do think there'll, there will be some that come from the likes of like Warrington and, and maybe those teams that people underestimate at the minute. I think that you'll see a lot of young talent coming through in those clubs. When we talk about men going to play in the NRL, th- there's different questions to ask because you have lives in, in the women's super league. You have lives outside rugby league. You're not, as we know, you're not professional players. It's not yeah. your job to go and play for West Tigers or whatever. Um, if you were given the opportunity, would you, would you fancy a crack at the NRLW? Obviously, there's there's a bit of a financial incentive there, but obviously you've got to trade off of... Uh, you've, you've got to make sacrifices in your real life as well. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's hard for me because obviously I'm 31 now and I think... If it, if it was one of these players who was like, you know, 23, 24, 25, I would absolutely definitely take that opportunity. I think what a, what an exciting thing to do with your career and, and you know, go out there. I, I would love to do it because I'd love to see how I got on in that competition. I'd love to compete at the top level. You know, we didn't even get to play Australia in the last World Cup. And last time I got to play them was, what, 2017? And then it won't be for another two years again, probably when we get the opportunity. And I, I want to play against Australia. You know, I want to, these players who we say are the best players in the world, I, I want to see how I can match up against them. I'd love to um, compete on a weekly basis with them. Um, but obviously, that's difficult unless, like you say, you go and sign for him. So, yeah, I think if I was younger, 100%. If I got the opportunity now, I don't know, it'd be hard. Like you say, it's a it's a big life change when you've got, like, a house and a, and a dog and all the rest of it. You've got a – then you just move over there. It's like, well, actually, hang on a minute. I've got a load of responsibility here. Um, so it'd be a tough decision. But, yeah, I would love to see how I could get on in that competition. I mean, clearly we want the elite players to stay here because we want to grow the competition. You've already said that you think that talent will be coming up from the bottom. But in terms of England, would it help our chances to narrow the, the gap with Australia and New Zealand if some of our younger top players did go out and play in the NRLW? Yeah, I think it's hard because if you lose them all, then probably the standard then goes a backward step in the league here. So... It's yeah, like, I think it's hard, isn't it? They probably would raise their their game out there, and it definitely be- benefit them individually. But would it benefit the league overall? Probably not. I think it would have an advantage for the England team. Um, but I think we probably need to just raise the standard of of women's Super League here. Um, it it will be really interesting when somebody does eventually sign, and I, I think you know that could potentially happen this year, if not next year. But it, it's going to happen, isn't it? You know, somebody from England is going to make a big signing over there in Australia and that's going to be incredibly exciting for that individual and for English rugby league women's rugby league to see how that person gets on you know whoever it is 
I will 100% be backing them and want them to be really successful out there because I always want us to be able to compete with the the Aussies and the Kiwis and, you know, think that they actually are. I think sometimes people think, oh, they're superhuman. But, you know, yes, they've got advantages that they're getting paid. But at the end of the day, they're still women, same age, same size, same weight. I mean, you know, it's it'd be really interesting to match up against them. So I'm excited for somebody to sign, whoever that will be. Um, and I think it'll be it's something that happens in the near future. Clearly, you're a passionate and incredibly eloquent advocate for Women's Rugby League. You've done a bit of media work um, in and around the sport, and there are more opportunities now than probably there ever have been for uh, for women to, to not even just cover the women's game, but commentate yeah. on the men's as well. Is, yeah. is that a route that you might look to go down as, as your career starts to... I don't want to prematurely write yeah. you off, but come to an end. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Um, yeah, you know, I would love to have some of those opportunities. It's difficult because at the minute, people do often say to me, oh, like, why, why don't you commentate on, on Sky or, you know, go and, you know, like Jodie Ars and obviously Danica with the men. But honestly, I would struggle at the minute because I you're so busy with everything you've got to do um, and I very rarely get time to sit down and watch TV and when I do I probably want to do something other than rugby so following the men's game for me is quite hard at the minute you know I, I, I rarely catch many games um, so to commentate on it at this moment in time would be difficult I, I would be happy I'd happily comment on the women's game obviously I'm I'm obviously invested in what goes on in the women's game and I know a lot what happens so that'd be a a lot easier the men's I would struggle at the minute it might be different when I retire and I've got a lot more time um but yeah I think going forward it'd be great to see more women in in media more women talking about rugby league and yeah I'd I'd love that opportunity I do I do like doing things um like this and and speaking about the game because like you say I'm so passionate about it so any any sort of promotion that you can give the game I think is always going to be positive um so yeah I'd love to see more more women involved in that area of the game it was funny at the the launch last week because I think um it's the women's super league launch and men outnumbered the women by probably about two to one uh, yeah. not, not just on the media side, but everyone there in the in the room. Um, I, I was, I was going to ask a question of Jodie Cunningham last week, but she was too busy, which was good because now we've got you instead. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you know her better than anyone, having played with her for forever. Yeah. What's her best position on the field? Because no one seems to know. Do, do you know what it is? Well, she's she's one of these players. She started a career, Jodie, and she was just like utility player for any position so everybody always had her in the squad because she could cover any position and I think that has been such a a strength of hers she hated it at the start because she wanted to be the best at one position and she used to get so frustrated that she wasn't getting picked and she'd be put on the bench um for, for England games really and she wanted that one position she wanted to nail down a position and now I think she's realized that actually that's such a strength of hers that she can play in a position I think for me, I, I I love her at fullback. I loved her at fullback. I thought she was incredible fullback. And but actually, I think thirteen, she's played really well there as well. Um, so probably either of those positions. I think if you ask Jodie, I think she'd probably say she really loves playing um, thirteen. She does like being in the forwards. She always says that um, you know she thinks she could play second row. She could even play prop and maybe finish her career there. Um, so I think she loves training with the forwards, and I think she would probably say that. Um, Playing 13, loose forward is her favourite position. What would be the uh, summation of where Saints will be this year? Obviously, say a changing squad, change of coach, 
what are what are your expectations? What are your hopes for twenty twenty three? My hopes, like I say, are that we get to Wembley. I think that's the big goal. But I also hope that we 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 find our feet as a squad and these younger players who you know, are going to be experiencing the first year in the Women's Super League. I hope that they really thrive off that experience and that opportunity. And I hope that we really see some incredible new faces that you've never heard of before, you've never seen play before. And people start talking about these young girls and saying, you know, have you seen that that kid at Saints, that kid at um, York, Leeds, wherever it is. And, you know, we start to hear about more women um, and more girls in the game. Because I think, you know, you often talk about the same sort of players um, who've been around a while. It'd be nice to start to see some of these younger girls really make a, a stamp on the game. Um, and I think for Saints, we've got a, go- a lot of girls who can potentially do that. Um, we, I'm looking forward to starting the season because I'm looking forward to seeing how we get on as a squad. It's, it's very different this year for us. Um, but I know we've still got that that strength in the in the experienced players and hopefully we can um help those younger girls to get up to that same standard and we'll really compete this year you know I, I hope that we do um we do win win some trophies and, and we make it to Wembley and, and we have a really really good season so yeah we'll we'll see what happens in this first game in two weeks time the France game comes up very shortly after that. It's very early in the season to uh, yeah. to have an international. If you were Stuart Barrow, would you be saying, I need to give some of these young kids that you're talking about a run out? Or would you stick with the, the core of the team that played in the World Cup and is going to be there for the World Cup? <laughs> to be honest, it's, I think you probably will need to stick with a lot of the players who were in the World Cup, obviously there'll be some new new there was some new faces brought into the England squad anyway, like the likes of like Sinead and um a couple of other players. But yeah, I think that the basis has got to be around that World Cup squad because I know that France are going to be tough. You know, I've heard that they've recruited really well and and with the World Cup being in France, I think they've got a like a lot of rugby union players who are interested in playing league. Um so you know, they've I think they've got some good players coming in who we've maybe not seen play for France before, which I think will strengthen that squad. So it's difficult. I think you will like to give some of the young girls a run out, definitely, because you do want to see them in an international game and in an England shirt and how they cope with that and um, the new pressures of that. But I think you'll probably need to keep some of that experience to to make sure you secure the win. Um, so it'll probably be a mixture of the two. Um, but I'm I'm hoping France have you know strengthened their side and it's a more competitive game. You know we need that as an England squad. We don't get the the joys of playing Australia, New Zealand on a regular basis, but we can play France on a regular basis. You know each year and um, multiple times. So. I hope they do strengthen and I hope it's a real competitive game for us as an England squad. And, and I think that'll put us in good stead going into the next World Cup. We have found the equality point for men and some women's rugby league in England. Neither play Australia or New Zealand. Uh, too yeah. uh, Emily, thank you very much for your time. Uh, congratulations on your career so far as England captain and now going on into the future. And uh, yeah. the best of luck with St Helens. And yeah, thanks for your time and uh, best of luck for the season. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me on.
Sports Social Podcast Network.